This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, that is freetalklive.com. Kicking off another week of fun and excitement. As always, good to have Gardner Goldsmith with us. Good uh, to be he, here, my friend. He hosts his own radio show five days a week here in lovely New Hampshire. And uh, you can get him at libertyconspiracy.com, which I tried yes, to go sir. to today, and it wouldn't work for me. Ah, oh, well, that's pretty frustrating. I'm try I've, been having, I've been having trouble with that if I'm on uh, Internet Explorer on Mozilla. It seems to work fine. Oh, you know what I did? I put L-I-L-B-E-R-T-Y. Lilberty. That's uh, <laughs> sort of like Dilbert. It's, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, we have sound files, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, boy, Liberty it's just good to be here with you guys. And I hope people – oh, by the way. Uh, I got a plan on on uh, Live for Your Die on my book. Yeah, I was going to uh, say uh, you, you, you got a plan. Just, yeah, I got I got an idea. If people haven't bought the book yet and they're thinking about getting Ron Paul's book over at Amazon, you know they hook up books that recommended people buy. reading. Yeah, exactly. If you buy two, you get a discount. Like as many people as possible. Please, let's start hooking my book in with Ron Paul's new The Revolution, if possible, and you know buy as many copies as you can. I don't so get then, too much if, from it, but so if if people buy your book and the Ron Paul book together, then Amazon will automatically figure out that that's what people are doing yeah and it starts to link them up and down at the bottom it says things like you know people who bought this book also bought such and such so, so that's, uh, that way yeah. if you go through amazon.freetalklive.com yeah. and you do that everybody wins yes Paul yes wins, Gardner yeah. goldsmith wins actually you could also buy mary ruart's book oh. uh, healing our world which i haven't read ron paul's book i've heard it's good mm-hmm. but I have to highly recommend Mary Jeez, Roy's it book is because so she great. really ties it all together. Yeah, and it's I know not you guys had her on Saturday. It's not just about policy with her. Yeah, no, it's not, and it, it's just wonderful. She's such a great person. You had so, her on today, too, on your I show. I was delighted, yeah. yeah. Live Free or Die, essays, commentary, and fiction on liberty by New Hampshire libertarians. Indeed, sir. You and your father. And my dad, yeah. I, I read yeah. it. I've, I've been reading it this week, and Thanks, uh, I can tell you, it, it's great. Thank you. Thanks, I, I love the forward about the... Uh, uh, Oh, the, the old, old man, man on the mountain. mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always looked at the old man on the mountain as being like he he faced south, faced the rest of the country mostly, faced Massachusetts and all the liberalism and socialism and collectivism that was rising up, and he stood as a contrarian, and then the face <laughs> collapsed in 2003. So it's up up to us to you know fulfill that idea of the live for your die rock granite solid people. So, and and the, the Indians kind of thought that was a mystic place. Yeah, there and all that yeah stuff. good yeah. call, man. Absolutely. So you can join us on the air tonight and bring up whatever's on your mind. We go right into your phone calls. We'll start with Dave in Athens, Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. I checked into this, and under Ohio law, it is against the law to cause one to be in mental distress or a victim feels the perp will cause mental distress or intimidate someone into believing that the perp will cause mental distress or physical harm. And I'm relating that to the MySpace case because he, the girl was being bullied, and under Ohio law, it's not a, has been ruled not unconstitutional and does not violate the First Amendment. So you're saying that in Ohio, if the the teenage girl had killed herself in Ohio, the Ohio people would have pressed charges based on the you're not allowed to put someone in distress law? Yes. 
Hmm. Well, thank you for doing that uh, footwork there, Dave. Okay, uh, I'll do some more. Sad to know that that's the case there, and thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. Garter, I don't know if you've had a chance to comment at least on this program about the MySpace case. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yes, you know, I haven't even talked about it on my show. That, yeah, have but, you yeah, heard please. about the latest with the feds? Yeah, go through that because well, the, I saw a little clip on Sunday about this. Well, what happened was, as you know, these uh, – People, one of them was a 49-year-old woman, her daughter as well as a neighbor, were they created a fake profile on MySpace, this alleged 16-year-old boy. He yeah. didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And they used that profile to get into the, the heart, if you will, of this young lady, a, a 13-year-old girl with severe depression problems. She you know, fell head over heels for this uh, mm-hmm. fake young man yeah. on the Internet. And then they, at one point they stopped leading her on, and they just started insulting her, essentially. She was very, very upset, and she killed herself an hour after he, allegedly an hour after he broke up with her. And now that's awful, it's tragic, it's terrible, no Mm. doubt about that. But what's happened now is the state of Missouri has said, well, we're not going to file any charges here. So the feds have picked up the ball. And they've ch- filed a conspiracy charge and oh, some ob- some really obscure charge Probably about probably on the racketeering laws. or No, something. it was it was some obscure charge about using you know the internet to harass somebody. I forget the exact. Wow. It was very strange using some file system to cause havoc or something like that. It was a really ob- obscure. And so now what we're looking at is if the federal government is successful in this prosecution, if they find this this forty nine year old woman guilty. Yeah. Of these charges. That'll essentially mean that oh, anybody man. who's ever posed as another person on the Internet or anybody mm-hmm. who's ever sent a nasty email right. or anybody that's ever upset someone via their website. Yeah, what's going to happen to bloggers and all sorts of things? Like yeah, it, it's really a scary freedom of speech issue here that, that we're looking at happening. And that's what Dave was calling in. He was just calling in to say that, well, if it were in Ohio, they could have charged her with causing someone distress. So he was saying there are already laws on the books mm-hmm. that could be used in uh, in a way to suppress freedom of speech, and, and this, this is a very disturbing case. Distress sure. is one of those uh, sort of sort of words that it's uh, you, you know it, it's subjective, it, right? It's yeah. not not clear. Mm. So uh, you know what what amounts to distress? Harassment, name calling, uh, threats. I, I suppose I can see threats of physical violence. That that you know we we kick people off our boards for that. But saying you're ugly, right? You're you're dumb and nobody should talk to you. Yeah, if you've got I mean, if you got criminal threatening going on, and there are clear statutes in every state on cl- criminal threatening. But this wasn't threatening. It's he not. was just it's uh, not. the the boy who wasn't real was just rude and just mean, and the girl was depressive and she killed herself. the The suggestion here is sort of moving in the direction that government has always moved in, and that is that you well you're not responsible for your own life. Someone else is responsible for the way you feel. And so if you've killed yourself, we're going to find someone else to blame In because this, you killed this, yourself? This clearly – wow, over this, is, a, this is a big even, deal. It, it, what's the, the strangest part about it is she killed herself over uh, an, a boy that she had never She'd met. never met. Right, right. So even, even, even if it, the kid was real, what if he, the kid was real? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, aren't there boys on the internet that would talk to a girl for a little while and then be mean to her? Of course Absolutely. there are. There are girls on the internet that would be mean to boys. And just think if you translated this into into verbiage, if somebody had said bad things in front of other people, that would have been totally fine. Nobody could charge somebody with that, could they? Not yet. 
I mean, so oh but, yeah, in and, Ohio and what if, could. Yeah, and what if what if I'm standing on uh, standing on the Massachusetts New Hampshire border and I'm yelling across the way? <laughs> I mean, you could come up with this hypothetical. Ah, oh, yeah, you know, you're a jerk. I hate you. Blah blah blah. You know, some girl Federal that I played up. That's unbelievable. Yeah, this it really is a is. real. I'm glad you guys picked up on this thing. Yes. It's pretty awful. So uh, we'll we'll of course. Keep you informed as things continue to develop on this particular case. In the meantime, we go to Ben in Pennsylvania. You bring up anything? You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ben. Ben in Pennsylvania going once. Ben is gone. Okay, 800-259-9231. So, you know, this is sort of the direction things have been going, though, right? Because that's what government teaches people is that, well, it's better if someone else is responsible for what you do because we don't want you to be responsible for yourself. Oh, what a way to lever themselves in here. Right. Uh, clearly a person who's, you know, a, a, if you're a not responsible, person you can easily demonize, a bad woman like this doing something like this. Right. Everybody would, would find this absolutely terrible to think somebody would do that. So, yeah, get her. Get her. Go get her. Yeah. And well, the, the mother the of the, the mother of the young girl is saying that 20 years in prison, which is what she's facing, yeah. 20 years for sending. Let's put this in perspective: 20 years for sending a private message over MySpace. Yeah, hey, I'll give you. I'll give you an example. We're in college at Boston University. My buddy Steve, they have this kid who lives on their floor in their dormitory. He's an absolute jerk. One of these like 60s, just you know, warmed over idiots. And uh, everybody hated him on the floor. So they started this thing. His last name was uh, his name was uh, Jason Primus or something like that. And um, so they made up Steve, my buddy Steve, made up this thing called SAP, Students Against Primus. <laughs> and he ended up thinking it was Student Anarchist Party or something. He put SAP headquarters on his door, and they never explained to him what it was until Primus one did? day. Yeah, they gathered everybody <laughs> around and told him it's because we hate you. Oh, and God. so he could have killed what? himself and. Then you guys would have gone to prison. Federal prison. That's what's going to happen to more people if this woman goes in, because it'll set precedent. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Coming up, yet another drug war outrage. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And guard. Oh, hey, Mark, you need your microphone in front of you. Sorry. <laughs> All right. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download them free right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th, and at Porkfest, you'll be able to see firsthand why Ron Paul loves New Hampshire and its activists. Plus, you'll expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. And uh, you've roped me, apparently, Mark, into becoming a bartender at Porkfest ah, yeah, uh, this yeah. year. I, I have no idea how to pour drinks, but I'll... <laughs> I'll do my best. You I guess just pour it's them. mostly handing people beers, right? That's, that's right. Kind of, it's a water bar. It's like, very simple. Water, they'll come up ice. and they'll say, I want this, and I'll give it to them. Right? <laughs> I don't actually have to mix stuff. Yes. Okay, good. I'm going to sabotage that. I'm going to work on that. We'll have to get Gardner back there, too. That'll be great. If he's That'll available. be a blast. Yeah, I'll do that. That'll be fun. Because uh, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI, I'm sure you've heard, he's going to be yeah. throwing this huge, huge party oh, involving... Man. 
barbecue and free booze. And it's so going to be a blast. Everyone's going to be there. That's going to be the, the place to be. Yeah, I just got a just got an email from one of the people organizing it. They're asking me if I'll do some uh, MCing stuff. I'm like, yeah, cool. And you know, I might bring up copies of my book and stuff. So it's going to be awesome. And it's so much fun at that particular location too. Oh yeah, people will great. love it. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're out in uh, kind of the woods in New yeah. Hampshire, and yeah. it's a. It, I guess it's a ski resort during the winter, and then during the summer, it's kind of a campground. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Hundreds of liberty activists all in the same place, and Free Talk Live will be broadcasting three nights. So if you're around, Gardner, as always, yeah, we'll man. have you sit in Great. as well. 800-259-9231. Uh, let's see here. Drug war tragedy. As long as the drug war goes on, there will never be a shortage of these stories. Radley Balco from Reason.com reporting. He says, about a month ago, I got a call from a reporter for the Arkansas Times inquiring about my research into paramilitary drug raids. He'd been reporting on a raid in North Little Rock involving a 40-year-old man named Tracy Ingle. When he told me the story over the phone, I was floored. Even given all the abuses and mistakes I've reported and read about over the last few years, what makes the case especially egregious is not that the police may have gotten the wrong home, that they shot a man, or that they were covering it up or going silent. We've seen all that before. What's mind-blowing Awful about as it is. Yeah. Mm. What's mind-blowing about this one is they've continued abusing the poor guy even after it should have been clear for some time now that they made a mistake. From the outset, it should be noted that Tracy Ingalls had some trouble with the law in the past, though nothing violent and nothing drug-related. That said, what's happened to him over the last few months is pretty outrageous. Here is the uh, Arkansas Times piece. He says Blah, blah, blah. Since I've spoken to the reporter and Tracy Ingalls' sister, who is herself a former sheriff's deputy, he says he's had to, uh, he's discovered this. On January 7, 2008, a, peri- a paramilitary police unit in North Little Rock conducted a drug raid on Tracy, Ingle- Tracy Ingalls' home. Ingalls says he'd fallen asleep for several hours and was asleep when the raid happened. He awoke when the police took a battering ram to his front door. That'll wake you up. Another team of officers approached from the outside of the house and shattered the window to his bedroom. When he awoke, Ingalls says he thought his home was being invaded by armed robbers. What else oh, would you think? Nice. Like the door is getting smashed. He reached for a broken gun, a pretty clear indication that he had no intention of killing anyone, but rather was trying to scare away the intruders. Better he, than nothing, when I he suppose. Grabbed, when he well, grabbed, maybe. When he grabbed the gun, an officer inside the house fired his weapon. The bullet hit Ingle just above the knee, shattered his thigh bone, and nearly severed his lower leg. Wow. When the officers outside heard the shot, they opened up on Ingle, hitting him four more times. According to Ingle's sister, this one... This guy's still alive? Yep. One bullet rests just above his heart and can't be removed. Ingle was taken to the hospital and spent a week and a half in intensive care. He was then removed from intensive care, still in his hospital pajamas, and taken to the North Little Rock Police Department, where he was then questioned for five hours. He was told he was suspected, he was, excuse me, he was not told he was suspected of a crime, and his family was not allowed to speak with him. After the interrogation, he was arrested and transferred to the county jail. He spent the next four days in jail, said he was never given his pain medication or his antibiotics, though hospital nurses told him to change told him to change his bandages and clean his wounds every four to six hours. Ingle told the Arkansas Times that jail officials changed them only once, excuse me, only twice in four days. Ingle's wounds became infected during the time that he was in jail. Okay. Police found no illegal drugs in Ingle's home. They did find a scale, which Ingle's sister tells me she was, uh, she was given when she worked at a medical testing facility. She says she used it in her jewelry-making hobby. 
They also found a bunch of small plastic bags. Again, Engel's sister says they were part of her business. She says, I was leaving the country for a while, and I stored a lot of my stuff at his house. The scale and baggies were mine, and both are common things to have for anyone who makes jewelry. True. Yeah, I'm sorry. A scale and baggies does not a drug dealer make. Police also found the broken gun and broken police uh, and a broken police scanner. From those items, the police charged Engel with running a drug enterprise. They also charged him with assault for pointing his broken gun at the police officers who had just barged into his home. The judge set Engel's bail at $250,000, explaining it had to be set high because he'd engaged with the, uh, the police with a shootout. Never mind that Engel didn't fire a single shot. Engel was able to sell his car to pay the bail bondsman, but with no car, his injuries render him basically immobile. He had to walk two miles on crutches and an infected leg to his hearing last week. You're killing me. They're they're killing him, I should say. The police obtained a no-knock warrant for Engel's home about three weeks prior to the raid. The warrant itself reads like boilerplate, with no specific references to Engel other than his address, or why he specifically posed a risk to police safety. Or of disposing of drugs before coming to answer the door. It mentions no controlled buys. It doesn't even mention an informant. In fact, someone scratched out crack cocaine and hand wrote in methamphetamine on the typewritten warrant, suggesting a cut, plug, and paste job. The Supreme Court has ruled that police must show case-specific evidence of exigent circumstances in order to be issued a no-knock warrant. The mere fact that it's a drug case isn't enough. The warrant for Ingalls' home contains no such specific information. Wow. So... They went into this guy's house on basically a whim. So a hunch, even a even tip? if one assumes that the laws again uh, in the drug war are valid, which they are not, they didn't even operate by those laws, as we've seen time and time again. Incredible. In case well, after case, at least the guy, you know, if he's got pain in it, in it with his injuries, uh, the guy could smoke some medical marijuana. No, maybe not. <clears throat> not in um, Arkansas. Uh, Fourth mm-hmm. Amendment here says. Uh, support- oh, what's that? Uh, yeah, forget this. Let's you know see. they haven't read it. <laughs> No warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. If they didn't describe what was to be seized, you have an unconstitutional raid where they, well, they shot a methamphetamine. Man. Well said, man. They wrote methamphetamine. And later? You well, can't scribble it in? Well, we don't know when it was when it was written in there. It's just that's what's on the warrant. Anyway, uh, it says here that uh, many times information specific to the investigation is contained in the affidavit in the investigating officer's files for the search warrant, not in the warrant itself. Now, Forrester says she's called the North Little Rock Police Department more than 20 times in an effort to obtain a copy of the affidavits. She says at first they refused to return her phone calls. When she was finally able to speak with a lieutenant, he became angry when she told him she'd contacted the media. Then... Then she says that he told her to dream on when she asked for copies of the affidavits. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231 one is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The case does not end here. There's more to say about what they did to this man. Raided his home based on next to no evidence. Found nothing in his house. Shot him five times. What else happened to him? We'll find out here in moments. And you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. 
This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include the updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. What mischief is the iron fist of the state up to lately? Who the hell is, what the hell is an amphibious rotini monster? Anarchyinyourhead.com is a webcomic about the philosophy of freedom in its purest form. Check it out every Friday for a new strip and bonus material throughout the week. All at anarchyinyourhead.com. That's anarchyinyourhead.com. Now, have you been to this site, Ian? Yes, many times. Yeah, you know, there's quite a few comics already, so if you mm-hmm. haven't been to anarchyinyourhead.com, go check them out. I'm enjoying it. I go every Friday. Excellent. Fun. Yes, and uh, Dale is a great fr- uh, free stater early mover mm-hmm. as well. Doesn't cost any money. It's free. That's All cool. right. 800-259-9231. Continuing the story here, Radley Balco at Reason.com, talking about a man named Tracy Ingle. Now, Tracy is, I believe, uh, yeah, a 40-year-old man who had the cops kick in his front door not too long ago. And they were raiding his house based on, well, it's hard to tell exactly because the, the warrant that was issued didn't even mention an informant. They had no controlled buys of any drugs. But for whatever reason, they decided to raid Tracy Ingalls' home, and they, of course, found nothing. But during the process, uh, because it was the middle of the night and well when someone's destroying your door in the middle of the night and you're waking up from a dead sleep you might be a little confused and you might be likely to think that it was a a gang or some violent group of of thugs coming in to to hurt you and of course you would be right these ones call themselves the police but you wouldn't know it was the police necessarily so you might want to defend yourself and he pulled out a, a broken gun to try to scare off the intruders when he was then shot uh, four or five times by the police. It's incredible, Ian. Imagine if he had actually had a working weapon and killed one of the cops. It's happened before. The Corey yep. May case out of Mississippi uh, is one of them. It, there have been several cases where uh, individuals have shot cops as they were barging into their home on some drug warrant. Again, they found nothing. And even after it had been shown that they found nothing, they still charged him with running a criminal drug enterprise. Because there was a scale in the house and some bags, and as his sister, Ms. Forrester, testified, the bags and scale were for her jewelry business. Now, when you make jewelry, you do need to, to weigh things, and if and I, from what I understand, uh, Julia, my girlfriend, she has beads and things like that, so she's into... You keep them the, in those little bags, there are, you really There are do. bags for this, so, yeah. I mean, this is not unusual, but... The cops wanted to have somebody to drag into court and put in a jail cell, and they went after this guy. There's more to the story, though, because even after it it was pretty clear that this guy was not a drug dealer, they continued to pursue him. According to Ms. Forrester, she called the police department more than 20 times to try to obtain a copy of their affidavits. And she was told when they finally returned her calls to dream on. Because she'd gone to the, the media, and the cops didn't like the idea that she, she'd gone to the media about this, and they were going to punish and they, her. And they could do whatever they want. According to Ms. Forrester, Ingalls' neighbor had a direct line of sight into the bedroom and saw the entire raid happen. His account initially matched that of Mr. Ingle, but that changed. 
According to Forrester, we have a witness, a next-door neighbor that saw the entire incident. He came forward on his own to give a statement to the family. Police never questioned him until a month or so after the shooting at my insistence. They kept this neighbor in his home and questioned him for at least four hours, refusing to let the man's wife come home or for other people to see him. When the police finished intimidating the man, they told him specifically that he did not see what he thought he saw. Mm. Now, apparently, the neighbor's now afraid to talk to the media, and Mr. Balco, the author of the article, has not been able to speak to the neighbor. So, this kind of brings me back to some audio that we played not too long ago on the program. Actually, it might have been a year and a half at this point, but of of a man who was being beaten by the police. The police had gone to his house. It was an off-duty kind of thing. They were not on the clock at the time, and they went and they, they, tried, to, they tried to beat him into signing some sort of waiver of his rights. And the entire thing was tape-recorded, and just listening to these redneck, sadistic cops torturing this man was just so disgusting and so awful. I don't, I'm not suggesting they tortured this neighbor but they probably threatened him with torture. They probably threatened him with hurting someone. Very suspicious. Someone. Um, when you're, you're talking about the neighbor has one story, and then a month later after the he cops clans him, up, his, his story changes? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Ingalls family, by the way, was able to put up $1,000 to retain an attorney, but they can't afford the extra 6000 the attorney's asked to represent Ingle. Ingle's therefore still looking for representation. He has no health insurance and no money to pay for medication or to continue treatment of his injuries. Last week, after the Arkansas Times article appeared, the judge in the case issued a gag order preventing Ingle and any future attorney that he might have from talking to the media about what happened to what him. What the hell? How can they issue a gag order? Well, apparently they can, Mark. Ha ha, so there. And isn't it amazing? For what reason? Why? Why? Why issue a gag order on this case? Right. If, if judges are impartial, then why would it matter if, uh, if he's out there uh, talking to the media about his case? I mean, he's criminally charged. This isn't a civil case. According to this, it says it's hard to understand why a gag order was necessary. Its only real purpose is to prevent more people from learning about what's increasingly looking like a railroading. And its only effect is to lend more support to the possibility that it is, in fact, a cover-up and a railroading. As noted, the police aren't talking... And the prosecutor is now bound by the gag order. Perhaps there's some piece of information damning to Ingle I'm not yet aware of, though it's hard to imagine what that might be. There is an update. According to the Arkansas Times, the gag order has been withdrawn as of some point late last week. And he says, I don't know if this will make the police or prosecutors any more likely to talk about the case, but he's going to try to give them a call and find out more. So that's where the case lies at this point with a man facing who knows how long in prison over running a criminal enterprise that the police have absolutely no evidence of him running. Was it uh, Chicago or Detroit where they were banning those little baggies? Chicago. Of, yeah, Chicago. Yes, yes. But foie gras is now legal again in Chicago, yes, we heard about which that is just wonderful. Last week. It's good Isn't to see nice the state the... making the balance there. You well, know? right. You know, the respectables, their prohibition, they're <laughs> gone, you know, it's gone after two years while drug prohibition has been going on for decades. on and on. Oh. 
So there you go. And, you know, obviously, you know, for anybody who hasn't heard, the people that leap at law enforcement against prohibition have great statistics about how the the drug war hasn't changed the percentage of people who use hard drugs compared to what it was before the drug war started, uh, even before drugs were prohibited. Uh, you know, back before 19, what was it, 1916, 1914, you could, you know, walk to the corner store and pick up morphine or, or anything like that. Laudanum. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and everything was okay. Yeah. Yeah. There might have been some drug addicts, as I understand, as I understand it, the, uh, a good percentage of drug addicts at that time were bored housewives, were Interesting. you know people that they didn't have anything else to do with their day, right. waiting right. around for a husband to get home, and so they'd take some opium or something like that. Hmm. Sounds like Oprah. Well, no, so some people would uh, <laughs> would have an illness and then take you know opium for that illness, and mm. then think. Wow, hey. I could keep this illness going. <laughs> I need this to sleep at night, wow. or whatever it is that they uh, chose to do. And you know, I'm not saying it's the best way to live your life, but how many Americans out there drink a six pack before they go to bed, or some, some, something like that? Are you a telling me? Are you telling me that they're not addicted to alcohol and, and that they're know, not using that to uh, the crutch as a crutch for their it's life? It's okay to be yeah. addicted to legal drugs, Mark. There's, there's apparently there's nothing immoral about that. It, it's only immoral to be addicted to. <laughs> as long as it's drugs. been prescribed and and it's funded by you know brought it brought brought about by some major corporation. Yeah, there you go. Uh, then you're all set. You know, it's amazing. Uh, you, you think about this. Let's say, I mean, this is just absurdly bad. And let's say they were engaged in it hypothetically. Uh, in some selling other drugs. people, yeah, selling drugs, manufacturing drugs. Even then, would it have been appropriate for peacekeepers, supposed peace officers to come in which they're not called that anymore they're called law enforcement Mm -hmm. officers and to come in and break into the guy's house for selling something to some people who want that chose to buy it who voluntarily decided they were going to purchase those products of course it's not right and this is just so tragic because it keeps on happening tracy ingle is not the first and he will not be the last i wish he would be the last but he's not going to because this drug war is going on into the unforeseen future who knows how long this insanity is going to continue by the way if you want to help tracy out go to justicefortracy.com more coming out free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can go shop at the Free Talk Live store. Get great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more. All of them at store.freetalklive.com. Plus all the details on how to get your own free bumper sticker, store.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. Ken is on the line in California. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Ken? Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind, Ken? Well, basically, I just uh, heard your comment about, um, you know, the gentleman in the south there that's being charged with all this, you know, after being shot by the police and such. And, uh... I mean, first off, he's lucky to be alive, thank God for that. But, yeah, that's uh, true. Secondly, uh, yeah, more of this stuff needs to be brought to people's attention because America needs to wake up. This is not the country it used to be. It sure no. isn't. I don't know if he's lucky to be alive on second thought. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> he's got five bullet holes. I mean, the guy's got five bullet holes in him, and he's facing who knows how many years in jail. I don't know. Maybe he'd be better off that, dead. That, that's true. <laughs> that's kind of like a three-legged dog being named lucky. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> 
It's just an awful story. And as I said, it's not going to be the last one. It's going to keep going, and it's going to keep getting worse, and you're going to start seeing it happen more uh, when it comes to immigrants, too. Because, oh, I mean, yeah. Gardner, you mentioned the, uh, the immigration raid story from last week where oh, over yeah. 300 immigrants were detained. What happens if eventually some immigrant picks up a gun and fires back? Then, of course, it'll look, you know, they'll spin the story to oh, make it look like this immigrant was a evil, violent, yeah. a violent killer. And They're part you know, of Asadlan. You know, oh, it's when, incredible. These people are taking refuge inside churches, for God's sake. It's, it's crazy. It's an absolute madness. We were talking off the air. Uh, you know, I was asking questions on my show whether or not people think that we're living in a police state. Mm. We are living in a police are. state. Yes, we definitely are living in a police state. Absolutely. And, and the thing that, that really bothers me I is... I mean, what else do you need? There's checkpoints yeah. and, and men roving well, well, with guns and dogs in the subway in some cities. I mean, this and, is crazy. And, and of course, we were, we were discussing off the air, too, something I know you guys already brought up on Free Talk Live, uh, but something that needs, I think deserves reiteration, this whole thing about the uh, federal government uh, coming in during emergencies where they can forcibly evacuate people from their houses and forcing them to have to cough up citizenship documents and if they don't have them they'll be put on other transports to detention centers Ken? that sounds more like uh germany from way back when to me not america yeah yeah it really does any other thoughts for us ken well yeah you mentioned the uh the in in-state checkpoints in-country checkpoints uh, yeah. matter of fact i was just sub- uh, subjected to uh uh that several months back mm. uh not given the reason why i was uh stopped just uh, asked for my papers. They had a mobile gel there, a mobile booking facility, had tow trucks. I can only assume what they were looking for. But as far as I know, my license, my license, uh, my tags on the vehicle are in order. I'm in order. My insurance is in order. So why was I being stopped? They stop everyone. They stop well, that's the everyone. thing. I mean, that's against the Constitution. Well, <laughs> they would tell you that they no. They must have probable cause. Well, right. I agree entirely with you, but uh, you probable know, at, cause to at this stop. Point, no, I, I, I don't just think don't so. think the Constitution has much validity anymore. I mean, it's supposed I don't to. Think so. I, I, I just, I just think it's over. I, I, I think that, that they've really just done it in. You know, at this point, they've just they give the Constitution a little bit of lip service here and there, but they say they own the roads. They say they own the airwaves. They say that they've got anything to do, to do with the internet because it crosses state lines. So, oh yeah, that's oh, coming. Yeah. And, and internet and, regulation. You hit that, boy. There are two things. I'm so glad you guys brought that up. One is the internet. Well, that's another the, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say the, the other thing. is. I want to interject okay. something on that, guys. Do you, have you heard anything? Because this concerns you as internet broadcasters. Plus, you do it over terrestrial as well. But, but in respect to internet, uh, I understand that they're trying to privatize this enough that that you're going to be subjected to business rules. I don't understand how that would work. What does that mean? How that would work is if you, if like Verizon and all of them get a chunk of the spectrum for the Wi-Fi and this and that and the other thing, uh, they, they split up the pie amongst the big guys. So basically you're going to be subjected to, you can't go to a court of law. If you, if you read any of your cellular contracts, it's all by arbitration mm-hmm. and it's all through a company they pick. Yeah. But if how is that no, going to affect no us? I'm not sure. Recourse well, it's going to affect it's going to affect you because it's going to affect the internet. That's that's basically the over, overlying premise I'm using. Yeah, I can I can see they, I can they could they could they could they could they could take away your free speech, so to speak, under under the guise of a business decision, not a rights decision. Well, that doesn't seem. I mean, if that's going to happen, that's pretty far off in the future because then they'd have to know what we were doing and they would have to specifically target us because otherwise, I mean, they, otherwise it's no, just no, no, bits just of data. Specifically, everybody. You're talking about they're going to shut I mean, down internet. To everyone. You're, you're suggesting they're going to shut down internet streaming. 
Uh, no, not that they're going to totally shut it down, but they're going to regulate it in such a way it's not going to be uh, considered that your rights as an individual are going to come into play. It's going to be a contractual agreement between right. you and the private business you have to contract with. And because the, the government, because the government has uh, played such a cozy, played so cozy to these large exactly. corporations, they'll come up with these regulations exactly. and rules. So your rights mm. are being stripped from you uh, for business purposes. It's possible. I mean, what you're saying is possible, but it's at this point it doesn't seem very likely anytime soon. I, I hope. I have to say, I hope you're wrong about that one. I hope I'm wrong too, but it's 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 another one of these many items that that once you put it all together, I mean, they're really pushing now more than ever. I, I noticed a few years ago, basically, that uh, if you look around, all your all your friends and family have become so busy and entwined in their their jobs, their their circles that 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 they have no time to take a breath kick back and take a look at what's happening here and that's part of the problem well i agree with you there absolutely people are so busy they they can't Paying pay their attention. taxes right they they're so busy uh because yeah i mean the government takes the governments at all level take at least 50 percent if not 70 percent of somebody's income in any given year and so they're spending all that time just to put food on the table get the taxes paid and keep the power turned on so that's certainly one of I the biggest problems those, if you retook those statistics and reworked them now for the inflation I bet you it's it's almost closer to 60-70% of your income going toward if they can't call it a tax they call it a fee. Oh yeah, they're all mm -hmm. over the place. It's yeah, so I was saying at all levels. Way. At all levels it can absolutely be up to 70%. Depends on what estimates you look at. I mean there's no real way to quantify it all. There's no real way. We've heard people um you know claim that they they get taxed 85% of their business's income. Ken, I want to thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. We go uh, go to Jeff in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Jeff Hey, what's up, guys? What's hey, on your mind? Well, you know, I tell you, I was I was over in my hotel room over in Austin yesterday, and I was just doing a little channel surfing, and I just happened to come across, I, I can't remember if it was either Fox News, it could have been CNN, or it could have been, uh, what was it, uh, MSNBC, but I, I was kind of uh, surprised and rather shocked when I came across a, a news flash that they were, were uh, advertising. Um, they were talking about... Uh, some terrorism, and they were talking about, um, I guess, some things going on in the country that you know could be targeted a government building like the FBI headquarters, or maybe the CIA headquarters, or maybe even Congress. And what they were talking about, they actually did a demonstration of a of a bomb being exploded. And what they were saying was that you know I don't know who was doing it, but they talked about uh, the, the demonstration they did was from a um, what do you call them, the, a disposable camera, some hydrogen peroxide, and some tang. You're saying they you made mix a, those three together, it, it makes a hell of a... Makes a bomb? Yeah, it makes a bomb. I'll be damned. It's crazy. Yeah, and uh, so they were they were broadcasting this yesterday, tang. and I, I was quite surprised to see them you know, broadcasting on how to make a bomb. Uh, but they certainly were doing it, and uh, I saw it on the news yesterday. Now... It would seem to me that uh, you know, with with you know a, a disposable camera, that's a common item, and tang, that's a common item, and of course uh, hydrogen peroxide. Now, if somebody's carrying these items on a, on an airplane or in their bag, they're not you know they're not detectable. So basically, uh, what they're telling everybody is is uh, you know basically they just told everybody how to build a bomb. Well, I mean, I don't know how accurate their reporting was. I don't. Well, they know. did a demonstration of it. It was a hellacious explosion. I saw it. 
Wow. I'll take your word for it, Jeff. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Don't know if it's true, but bomb building isn't necessarily complex, and there are lots of plans for it on the Internet. I don't know what good it's going to do you to, to do it in the first place. What do you mean? What, what are you, how are you going to benefit to uh, blow up an airplane? You won't. Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to go back. You know, you guys were talking about the Internet and, and the possibility of uh, corporate government mercantilist interests, uh, the government using the, the businesses to sort of suppress things, looking at, for example, the way the government has uh, broken into people's uh, phone records and cell phone records and communications and then tried to give uh, immunity from any sort of lawsuits to those companies like uh, mm-hmm. AT&T yeah. and so on. Uh, I was thinking also uh, over the over the past few months with well, all the mortgage problems and and the the money manipulation of the Fed and all these different types of things going on. I thought to myself, you know, one of the things to really make people be very very careful about putting all their money into their banks and not having some sort of hard currency is if people do want to act against their government. Guess what happens when they freeze all of your assets? They are electronically they can get right in there and do it. So that's a really good incentive. Uh, you know, should the someday come, you don't want to have everything in your bank. That's a great point. More coming up. You can take control. Always good to have stuff on the outside that you can access easily. 800-259-9231. The cynic says, I started losing my hair and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA-approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacor and receive boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and we're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Yard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You know, sometimes it seems like everything government touches turns to crap. What a surprise. And breaks. And uh, at the very least becomes inefficient and, and awful. And, you know, government people, it's amazing how they, they look to the government when they want things done, when they want something. You were talking about during the break, Mar- uh, Gardner, about somebody uh, mentioning Hillary's health care plan. I want a better health care <laughs> plan. So you look to government to provide you with health care? You look to government they, to provide... They fail all the time and they, there's zero accountability when they do. Yeah. The failures never end and there's no... There's no shortage of examples to show you how government fails. Every single issue, every program, every time. Sure, eventually, if they throw enough money at something, they can get a road built. Sure, if they throw enough money, they can get a school built. But in throwing, paying too much for something is, is failing. not success. Right. That's not success. Right. I'm just saying that, yes, we understand 
government eventually can get structures completed. Right, and the structure's there, and you can look at it. So, and yeah, it looks, it looks like it's a, a completion. For people like us, it's a testament to waste of money, to coercion. Sure. And uh, what we can see in that is we can imagine all the things that could have been made with the money that was spent on them. But even with structures, even when it comes to physical apparati, mm. they still can't get it done right, even when it does get done. Uh, for instance, the Big Dig in Boston spent... <laughs> What, billions and billions of dollars and took 15 years to finally come to completion? A year before it was completed, there was uh, tiles, huge ceiling tiles falling off this. And when I say tiles, I mean huge, like it could crush a a car. Concrete slabs, yes. (laughs) So, So not only do government physical creations fail... And not only they cost a lot of money, but sometimes people's lives are put in jeopardy as a result of it. But yet people still think that, oh, if it weren't for government, we wouldn't have roads at all. Well, maybe we'd have roads, and maybe they'd be super roads, and they wouldn't uh, suffer from frost heaves, and they would expand oh. and contract with the weather as necessary. Or, hell, maybe we'd even have flying cars by now. Who knows what the maybe marketplace... Maybe the roads would be made out of rubber and the tires out of concrete. Well, who knows what the, uh, the marketplace would have come up oh, yeah, with yeah. if it were allowed to actually... Uh, compete in the realm of roads. But that's not the direction I necessarily wanted to go in. Gardner, you look like you had a point. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, uh, here in New Hampshire, we're seeing this a lot, even in a a state of New Hampshire, where the constitution of the state for the operation of the government says that the taxes that are taken from gasoline and the tolls and all these other things, they're supposed to be dedicated to the highway, the highway fund. Mm -hmm. They're siphoned off. Because nobody, you know, and it goes back to... Because government uh, does what government wants. Well, it's like what Frederick Bastiat used to talk about, what is seen and what is not seen. You know, you'll see the new statue that they put up to the uh, soldier, or you'll see the new park that they created, or whatever, and it gets on the news. Mm -hmm. But what you won't see, or what you won't notice all that much on the news, or see reports about, are the hundreds of miles of very rough roads that you've got, or the bolts that are starting to come loose in the the bridges that they're not maintaining because they're spending money elsewhere. It's, It's a classic... Classic example, they'll build a new bridge, but they won't maintain the old ones, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. So in that in that uh, category of issues to talk about, government failures at building things, we've got two stories. Uh, Mark, coming up, we're going to talk about the New York subways. But first, an update on the New London case. Remember New oh, London? Oh, yeah, I'm so glad. Did you, oh, I bet you're covering the same thing that I've been thinking about. I'm so yeah. glad you brought it up because I wanted to mention it last hour, and I forgot. You go with it. I, New oh. London. Mark, give us a recap. What happened in New London about two years ago? Well, um, they, two or three. The, the, the Supreme Court eviscerated uh, the uh, protections against eminent domain. Eminent domain at one point was uh, intended basically to uh, only allow the government to take things for public use. Public use means parks and roads and things like that, bridges. But they allowed the uh, New London, Connecticut government to take people's property in in Fort Trumbull, uh, Mm -hmm. the Fort Trumbull neighborhood, and uh, use it for, well, the public good, as they said, which was uh, to allow Pfizer to build a giant office building there so they could increase Because they get more taxes. Right. So the city would get more taxes from a big corporate interplex than oh, would, yeah. well, uh, these crappy houses that were And there. I love yeah. that they were throwing around the word blight, which is now being used even more with the, with the uh, mortgage crisis thing. Mm. They're saying that these houses are, quote, blighted. And they're not blighted at all. They don't have vermin running around in them. They're just 
well, we want to take them and then give them to other people so we'll have better tax money. Or we're going to give... Yeah, absolutely. It's unbelievable. Revenue so they, is not going the way we want. Yeah. So they stole people's houses from them. It ended up going to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the government's ability to take people's homes away from them in order to turn the private uh, the property over to privateers, to, to, to private enterprise. Now, I disagree with eminent domain on its face. I don't think that... Uh, any people calling themselves government should be able to just waltz in and, and take people's property from them. I think that's it's theft any way you cut it. But, you know, even if you were to look at their own little constitution, which they claim to follow, as we're this similar theme here, right? right we talked about right, this last hour, right. that they have these words on paper that they claim to follow, but they don't. And it right. doesn't matter if they don't, because no one ever punishes them, because they themselves are the ones that are breaking the rules in the first <laughs> place. So how can you expect them to enforce their own rules upon themselves? I mean, it's just madness. Right. But um, so he, here's another example where the rules say one thing, but they're interpretation goes off in the direction of, well, we can do whatever Whatever's we want. convenient for them. So here's the latest from The Day, which is the New London area newspaper. Citing turmoil in the national lending market, the New London Development Corporation President Michael Joplin says he has grave doubts that the Corser and Jenison Company will meet a crucial May 29th deadline to secure financing for its long-delayed Fort Trumbull housing development. It's almost impossible, so we have to start dealing with reality, said Joplin, who broached the most difficult topic at Tuesday night's annual meeting of the NLDC's full membership. Uh, according to this, if, uh, if Corser and Jenison doesn't meet the deadline, the Boston-based developer would violate a December extension document in which it agreed to secure, secure a loan and enter a construction contract for an 18.7 million 80-unit developmental of rental apartments and townhouses. The project, whose uncertain groundbreaking could now be delayed months, if not years, would represent the first new ground-up construction since eminent domain cleared portions of the peninsula for redevelopment. Right. I didn't mention that they were going to put condos in next to the fi- near the Pfizer uh, yeah. megaplex. Yeah. Right. Right. It was supposed to be a big upscale uh, development. It was right. a big neighborhood. So, uh, so essentially, what's going on here is that the deal's going to fall through. So the, the developer they took all can't these people's houses. They raised all these people's but houses. But they won't get it. By raise, I mean knocked down. Destroyed. Uh, oh, yeah. Destroyed all these people's houses. And, well, for no good reason at all. In fact, I don't know if uh, it, it mentions it in that article, but one of the buildings they're allowing the fire department to use for exercises, they're burning it. They're one, just of doing the former, that one of the former homes? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> can you imagine? There was uh, one story of, uh, what was it, four generations raised in one house, a woman who'd, uh, whose family had been there over 100 years. Yes. Can you imagine if it was her house that they were setting on fire so that the fire department mm. from this disgusting um, city of New London, Connecticut, had decided, well, let's use it for training exercises. The place where your, uh, where your parents uh, had run around as little children, you know, playing and, and having a good time and, you, and all these memories and all these things, and they just... They're setting it on fire. These people disgust me. Here's a little bit more from the story. It says here that uh, the announcement of yet another blown deadline by Corser and Jenison. So this is not the first one. They've blown several of them, and they've had extensions. And uh, Anyway, the announcement says it could renew calls for the NLDC to sever ties with the company, which is currently redeveloping the former Naval Undersea Warfare Center into an office complex uh, Joplin said the NLDC is very close to parting with the company on the roughly three-acre housing project. In fact, by failing to secure the financing alone, the developer forfeits its right to develop the parcel, and Joplin didn't rule out letting the de- development agreement simply expire next month. He said the question is on the table. It's time for them to perform. At the end of six months, there is no tomorrow. 
But Joplin said his overriding goal is to see housing come to the, come to the peninsula in 18 months, a task that in the current economy no other developer would be willing to take on. So they're saying that this is the only this is the only organization, this Corsair and Jenison. Nobody else is willing to step forward, and even these guys, they don't want to secure the financing at this point. Says if you simply dispose of Corsair and Jenison out of frustration or the history, you could really be shooting yourself in the foot. Despite the history of delays, he says he believes that they remain truly interested in building the rental housing. That's why she's here, Joplin said of Corsair and Jenison President Marty Jones. Otherwise, she would have stayed in Boston and gone to dinner. He told the members, we're not ready to fold our tent and cut our losses and walk away. Between the office complex and pre-construction work, the company has roughly $5 million of its own money invested in Port Tremble. But they are looking at walking away because they haven't been meeting any of their deadlines. And at this point, Fort Trumbull is a ghost town as a result of being just gutted by their own government and this whole plan. Does anybody live there? This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. Over 350,000 posts. That's a lot of posts. Lots to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it free at bbs.freetalklive.com. bbs.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing your extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. You can get off that fad diet roller coaster forever. Check out notfatanymore.com. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything, comment on the Fort Trumbull situation. We got you an update here from The Day the newspaper of record for the the Fort Trumbull, New London, Connecticut area. As you know, a few years back, the Supreme Court made a, uh, I guess, a record decision that governments around the country can take your property and turn it over to private developers. And that's exactly what happened in New London. They took a lot of property from a lot of people, and they were supposed to build this great office complex and a very lush condominium association. And it was supposed to be very upscale and a lot of tax money was supposed to come out of it. And supposedly that's in the benefit of the public, stealing people's houses from people in order to benefit private companies. Uh, but beyond all that, flash forward to today where nothing has happened. They've stolen these people, uh, people's houses from them. No one is being allowed to live in the in those places right now. So... I, I, I use the term ghost town. I'm sure it's not completely a ghost town, but that particular area certainly doesn't have the level of activity that it once did. It certainly doesn't have the level of residence that it once did. And what has happened is Corsair and Jenison is the company that's that they had brought on to do this development that apparently was the only company that they'd managed to convince to get involved here. They claim that there's no one else that would be willing to step up besides this organization, and they've been trying to uh, secure financing, but have been unable to meet prior deadlines. Deadlines have been extended. So they're still trying to get the financing. They still, uh, supposedly, they want to make this work, but if Corsair and Jenison can't get the financing, they're going to walk away from the project. And then what? Then you've got a bunch of Destroyed property, destroyed lives, and the government has a bunch of property that they're sitting on. That... No, you get an episode of uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Well, there's a little bit more to the story here, and according to this, 
Between the office complex and pre-construction work on the housing project, the company, Corsair and Jenison, has invested $5 million of its own money. So they've invested some of their own money. They certainly do have an incentive to make this work, but the New London government wants it to happen now. They want it to happen now because they want to start getting tax money out of it, right? Because no one's well, paying not taxes. Not to mention the bad press. I'm sure that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure yeah. some people in the government have paid the price by uh, losing their uh, losing elections and that kind of thing. Pos- that's possible. Uh, in this case, they, you know, they, they're not making any money on this at all, though, right now, as far as taxes are concerned, because there's no one there to, to pay the taxes on it. And uh, according to this, we've been in New London for close to eight years now, says one of the reps uh, after the meeting. This is the New London Development Corporation. Our intention here was always a comprehensive development, not just a commercial building. Says here, barring a sudden economic upswing, any deal on the housing project will rely on what they refer to as creative options, possibly government-backed loans to close the widening financing gap. Based on a recent assessment, they said the company's looking to receive an $11.5 million loan and is willing to put up as much as 20% of the $18.7 million project cost, or nearly $4 million. And and by the way, Ian, that's a Federal Housing Authority loan. Uh, they didn't mention that in the yes. piece. Yeah, it's it's an FHA loan. I, I, we were talking about it once before, and uh, yep, yeah, it's beautiful. These, it? uh, the sources combined to leave a roughly three to $3.5 million gap. It says we're trying to fill that gap through creative thinking and creative financing. But they're, not sure. but they're government bureaucrats, so if they fail with their creative financing and their creative thinking, well, who pays the price? The taxpayers. Will. We do. Yeah. Uh, he said securing the money will be a tremendous task that will take months of application paperwork for lenders and any state programs that could help close the gap. So what's happening here is that this company, Corsair and Jenison, has been brought in to do this development. And they can't get anybody to finance the deal. I don't know why that is. Maybe their business plan is bad or maybe there's – I don't know. Whatever you never know why. I mean, oh, yeah. No, and of course, are tighter now than they yeah, were when uh, well, they well, did this. What trial. I love is – the company has been there for eight years, mm-hmm. and it's now that they're having this supposed, you know, they're supposedly having this problem now, and they're blaming it on the the lower housing market. We're having trouble. So, well, you mm-hmm. know, you had plenty of time before the housing market went in the tanker. Yeah, why didn't you get Where your loans Where were you? What, what happened? And there's a very clear reason. And it, it, this, we were talking about this off the air. This shows you the difference between the marketplace and government-backed programs like this, be, be they things like this or baseball stadiums that uh, that use eminent domain to do baseball stadiums, which they're going to be starting to do uh, anytime soon, I'm very sure, to increase the taxes, or to uh, you know give loans to these companies that are doing these baseball stadiums. If there had been an incentive in the marketplace for this new construction, then they would have been able to get private backing and approach those homes and say, hey, you know what? We think that we can make a pretty good deal. We can offer you a really tidy sum to sell. But obviously, before they went into this thing, I mean, you can read right through this from the start. Before they went into this thing, they knew, that company knew, that they weren't going to be able to be able to get the private financing to do this properly, honestly, to actually offer offer money to people to buy this property. So what do they do? They pressure politicians Mm -hmm. to say, hey, if you take this, we'll buy it from you, i.e., we'll buy it at less than what we would normally have had to pay so that this mildly profitable, maybe not so profitable venture that we wouldn't have gone into on our own because the the margin wouldn't have been high enough for us to be able to buy the property outright, we can now move on this now because we don't have to have as high profit margin. 
Instead of getting a subsidy. Exactly, exactly. And it just goes but to show you. even with the subsidy, even with they the can't sweetheart do deal, it. they still can't get it done. They still can't do it. And this is an example. This happens with baseball stadiums all the time. They can't afford to do it themselves, so they get the, the city governments or the state governments to get involved and then they buy the property. Well, if it if it had been a profitable enough uh, you know venture, the margins would have been high enough at the start for them to go to investors and say, "Hey, we think this thing is a really good deal." And then sure. they could go to the property owners and offer them something that would inspire the owners to sell and everybody would be happy. Yeah, and if it was such a great idea, certainly they'd be able to find a lender to to back it up because they feel confident they'd make their payments. Absolutely. This is a this is a stark example of the difference between government motions where they do things that aren't in the economic best interests of areas and govern, government is used by certain businesses that have special interests to get sweetheart deals at the expense of property owners. It's a bad, bad deal. And I know we were talking about it off the air over in my town of Amherst. It's a perfect example. We've got a road that runs between the town of Milford and the town of Nashua, runs through our town. It's the only direct route between these two cities. And for years, the property around it was owned by people who wanted to make buco bucks off of it, mm-hmm. and it was zoned business. They would never change it to residential zoning because they knew it was a direct route and they wanted to turn it into strip malls. That's all they wanted to do. So they had friends who were always on the zoning board. They would never add business zoning in anywhere else in the town. It's like the only area where you can do business zoning. And now they're all rich, and it takes twice the amount of time to get from one town to another because mm-hmm. they're all stoplights. Screw the rest of you people. Well, it's, it's government in action for the special interest. i got a couple sure. of questions about eminent domain when we come back. More on the way. You yeah. take control. Bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Garn. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, and, by the way, those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bathroom? Well, now you can purchase knobs, poles, and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Innerknobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's innerknobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, poles, and more at innerknobs.com. 800-259-9231. We go uh, to your phone calls. We'll continue discussing more uh, governmental inevitable failures. But first, we go to Jeremy in Kalispell, listening on KGEZ. Jeremy, you're on the air. Hello, good hey. evening, gentlemen. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Well, I was thinking about uh, how the Nazi Hillary was uh, going to give us a break with the government gas tax for the holidays. I mean, it's like, duh. Hello, we need a gas tax to rest, relieve the rest of the year so we can even afford to have a holiday. Is, is that what I she's, mean, is she proposing? How, how a, dumb can they be, really? Is, 
Is this news? She's proposing a gas tax holiday? Yeah, she wants a gas tax holiday, and yet she wants to make up for it by applying a windfall profits tax on the oil businesses. And by the way, you know after the gas tax holiday is over, what do you think will happen with the windfall profits tax? It'll stay. I'm raised. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks I mean, how, how stupid did... I mean, maybe most of America is this stupid, but, I mean, they're going to give us a break for the holiday. Oh, thanks a freaking lot, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just awful. You know, if they cared at all, they wouldn't have a tax on, you know, they wouldn't put a, ga- a gas tax on if they cared at all. But um, it's not oh, their business thanks, to care. Guys. Thank you, Jeremy, for the call. It's not their business to care. It's their business to make laws. And laws aren't about caring. Laws are about telling and forcing people what to do and telling them what to do and forcing them to do it or telling them what not to do and forcing them not to do it as, as best as they possibly can and for, uh, forcing you to spend money on it all whether or not you agree. I mean, they don't care about people. The, the suggestion that they care about people, I don't believe it for a second. Well, and, and it's the... It's the lobbyists that want these things. Um, you know, they the, care the poli- about them. Yeah, the politicians, that, that's where they get their benefits from. They're not making money on what we pay them. They're making money from what the politicians are willing to give them. It's graft and corruption. Yeah, and everybody true. knows it, but they still go to the government to solve problems. It isn't it amazing? They it, do. It, it baffles me. Gardner, we were going to talk about eminent domain. And I, so I've got mm-hmm. a couple of questions. Hold off on those. We've got to okay. go to Steve in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Steve, hello. Steve in Colorado. I'm calling. Hey there. Um, I was calling because I got the one of the stupidest emails I've ever gotten in my entire life. It shows a uh, an indoor um, ski resort, a uh, built in the middle of the desert. I don't know where, some <laughs> country over there. And uh, they said, "Well, yeah. gee, if you wonder why our gas is four bucks a gallon, this is why because those um, Arabs are over there skiing indoors." Uh, well, it, that's what know, the email suggested. Yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, real cause and effect Pretty there. Ludicrous. Oh. Right. Well, and I wondered, um, and I know uh, Gard is there tonight, and uh, he knows more about the free market and free market economics than I do, and I know uh, you know, Mark also. Yeah, yeah, we're a just a couple of rubes. Yeah, I'm just a boob yeah, from Florida. Well, I know, Mark, you're, you're reading a book that I'm reading, Economics in One Lesson. Isn't it's it awesome. amazing? It's right so great. Is it a yeah. good book? Yeah, I it's it's awesome. Great, it's one of the best. Book. Yeah. Um, and, uh, in, anyway, and I thought, well, gee, why not just throw the question out there? Why are gas prices so high? And I have a few ideas. Uh, if you, re- if you, uh, you know, knowing the, uh, the law of supply and demand or the laws of, of supply and demand, I've come up with a few ideas. Uh, one is, uh, prohibitive ga- uh, tariffs on imported refined gasoline, uh, that I know go on. Um, the restrictions on building new refineries. Yes. Uh, there's a there's a few other ones. Gee, I, I wrote them down. I well, you you hit a couple out. good ones right there. A uh, first uh, over the patina over all of this is the uh, lower buying value of the dollar. Right, and uh, the reason oh, yeah, that that was another thing on yeah. my list. That's and they right. can't drill. They can't drill for oil either yeah, the, in America. Yeah, so there's all those factors. Well, and no, and to, to be in, entirely fair, India and China want more gas now than they used to. Yeah, um, you know they're they're emerging economies. But but the thing the about it is that with the with the increased demand. 
in a, in a true supply and demand, I was talking with Sheldon Richmond about this from uh, Foundation for Economic Education, and uh, in a true supply and demand free market situation, with an increased demand, you would have an incentive for the businesses to increase supply. Now, when you've got but the can't. United States government suppressing U.S. businesses from increasing supply by not allowing for refinement, mm-hmm. not allowing for more drilling, not allowing for synthesized oil to be made from shale, not allowing for more exploration, all these different types of things, and then in addition to that, taxing them ridiculously, so that is a, it, it causes a disincentive for them to even go out and try to find more because they can't put more money into R&D and things like that. You get a real mix for destruction. And, and then you've got this right. the, the added, uh, these, these sort of, uh, I don't know, um, what do you call them, uh, these benefits that the companies get, these, these supplements um, that the companies get by, A, the, our secu- their security is being done by the U.S. military over in the Middle East, B, they're getting, uh, they're getting money for oil for exploration, what kind of sense does that make? They should be exploring on their own. So you've well, got this I, I weird heard, thing going on. That's right. Well, I heard some economists on NPR saying that gasoline prices are being kept artificially high, and I thought, well, probably they're being kept artificially low when you consider, as you said, the security uh, being provided by the U.S. military, which is who knows how many billions or whatever dollars a year, yeah. plus the, uh, as you said, the subsidies, uh, the subsidies to the to the oil companies, the their welfare horse, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and, and a few other things. And then I also wondered about uh, the restrictions on building nuclear power plants. Great point. Uh, that, that would decrease the de- demand if they were to lift those restrictions. And also, I, um, I heard Newt Gingrich, I, I know Boo Hiss on Newt Gingrich, but he does have a few good things to say. A few? He said that if they had kept... If they continued building nuclear power plants at the rate that they were doing back in whatever it was, the 60s or 70s, that today our greenhouse emissions or carbon footprint or whatever it is would be 10% less than the Kyoto Accords. Yeah, if people are concerned about that. I'm not, and you know, but at least Gingrich makes a point, which is that we'd be uh, having a lot more energy supplied without oil being used, and it's a lot cleaner form of energy for people who are all concerned about the environment or think that there's a causal effect there between the increase in temperature and carbon emissions. Just to make a point, you don't see increases in temperature and the incre- you don't see increases in carbon emissions and carbon in the atmosphere until after the temperatures increase. But uh, you make an excellent point. So let's go through this. You've got the dollar doesn't buy anything because of the central bank, uh, you know, monopoly that the federal government has issued uh, reduces right. our buying value. And they don't have a tie to any sort of uh, hard currency or anything like that. Uh, the second thing is the f- federal government doesn't allow the companies to respond to increased demand the way other products can can be provided to respond to increased demand. If they had done that, then you would see increased supply, and eventually you would see a leveling out of the price because the two meet. Anybody who you know, as you read economics in one lesson or takes an economics class, knows that supply will rise to meet demand, and the price levels out. But they govern Government will not allow it, and as you said, instead they have all these other perverse incentives. And then on the other side of it, you have uh, taxes that are laid on the on the businesses that uh, forestall them from being able to invest what they want to in other forms of energy and things like that. And well, I, I will admit that there are some situations where the federal government. I don't know whether it's a wash, the government getting involved in, in foreign lands to get oil. I don't know how that all works, but who knows? What we you know. do know is that when government gets involved, things get effed up. That one we know for sure, and it's predictable every single time. On the time. domestic front, we know one thing. We could have a heck of a lot more oil, and oil would be less costly if the government were not involved in screwing up supply and demand. Sure. All they can do yeah, now you know is... What, go ahead. One thing, though, uh, I hear what you say, and uh, I've thought about it now for about a minute and a half, 
And I've decided that actually it is guys in smoky back rooms making deals and uh, <laughs> uh, cranking up the gas prices because they feel like getting greedy all of a sudden. So well, forget everything we said. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I know, Mark, you had some questions for Guard here in moments. We'll get to that. Yes, of course. I do. Your calls as well are primary if you make them. 800-259-9231. And we still have to talk about New York City subways. Just how are they doing with their ele- uh, elevators and escalators? Apparently, they spent a lot of money on them, so they should work, right? They spent billion dollars. We'll tell you more not. coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Garn. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. They include updates. Get signed up. Keep you in the loop whenever you need to know something about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board with the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in 3 bucks a month voluntarily, and we take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations, and spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. We'll be announcing a new station actually on the updates list, maybe tonight or tomorrow, whenever I get a chance to type it up. Oh, you're so busy. Yeah. Uh, the Let's see. Flint. Flint, Michigan. We are slowly taking over the state of Michigan. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're now going to be heard on Sunday morning. Sunday morning. In Flint, Michigan. Listen to Free Talk Live on your way to church. Yeah. As of oh, that's going to go over like a, a I brick. I like it. As of yesterday. Uh, so, welcome to uh, WCK 1570 in Flint. We are going to shock some people in Flint. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, 800-259-9231. That's the hometown of Michael Moore. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. I like that part best. Yeah, where else should Free Talk Live be, right? Maybe you can do a special Michael Moore segment. We've got to, counteract, got to counteract the programming. I there, think we you know? should be uh, in Atlanta running against Neil Bortz. All in good time. Head right. to head. All in good time. Oh, you mean the libertarian. Yeah, he's a li- yeah, libertarian. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the pro-war libertarian, so-called. <laughs> uh, let's see here. 800-259-9231. Mark, you had, you had questions for Gardner Goltz. Right. What, Gardner, um, so I want to do a little fear-mongering when it comes to the area of eminent domain. Right on. Um, this is one of the one of the powers of government that I can I can sort of see a little bit. But um, now, in the case of the the Fort Trumbull, Connecticut, where they uh, you can see you can see theft as being okay. Thanks for that. Like I, I don't know where was I? You said you can see the the powers uh, being. I'm going in the okay? same direction. So yeah. Thanks for derailing my question. Completely. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure I understood what you were saying. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You're saying it's okay to steal. Right. I was saying it's it's okay to steal as long as it's from you. <laughs> Shut up. I'm talking. <laughs> okay. So eminent domain. Um, the it, I, I can see how it would be difficult for a government agency, which supposedly represents the people, um, that needs to build a road, and there's a, a you know a lone holdout in a in a given area that you know where the road is supposed to go through. I can see why the government would say, well, in order to protect the people's money, we need to have we need we need to have the ability to force this person to sell. I would also admit that nine times out of ten, the government's going to abuse this the, this uh, this privilege. Mm. Now, in the in the case of uh, this one where they're you, you know they're trying to increase tax revenue and uh, you know it, it would seem very difficult for a company like Pfizer to build a big uh, you know a, a big office complex where you know they want to in this particular instance because 
you'd have a bunch of little houses, little plots of land, and you know, some owner would get wind of it, and they'd be like, "Oh well, you're trying to build a big office complex here, huh?" We'll hold you, out. You got them all. You got all the lots paid for except for mine. Sure. Huh. sure. <laughs> Looks like my property value is just quintupled. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. And now, I, the, you know, as strange as it seems, somehow or another, this this seems to happen in some places. They manage to tear down whole neighborhoods. Ian, you remember Sarasota, right? Yeah. The, the downtown area, it used to have houses and stuff, but somehow they... Some, they, they sold out. Yeah, they sold out, and yeah. they built condominiums, and you know, it, was, it was odd. I don't know why it is, but they managed to get uh, owners... I guess they just, you know, they'd buy up the land and kind of sit on it and wait, and then the owners would be like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll take 25% more than my property's worth, and I'll go buy a house someplace else. Yeah, right. But, you know, don't you... In, in the case of roads, what do you think when it comes to eminent domain? Well, uh, for, you mentioned something in your question uh, that I, I think needs to be pointed out when you say, you know, the government needs to build roads and things like that. Um, I, I would question that. Uh, the government doesn't need to build roads, in, in, in from my perspective. Uh, in fact, um, the only things who, the only entities that need roads to be built are the people who want the roads to be built, and they will have an incentive to do so. If the incentive is great enough, then uh, they will endeavor to uh, get people to sell. Uh, and if the people aren't willing to sell and the other people don't have enough money to do it, I have no problem in the roads not being built. As you said, historically, roads do get built. And as, as Tom DiLorenzo pointed out in his amazing book, How Capitalism Saved America, thousands and thousands of miles of roadways were being built prior to the government getting involved. Mm-hmm. What happened was... The people who owned the land and the people who owned the businesses that were building the roads, some of them realized that there was an economic incentive to, let's say you had a piece of property that was undervalued. Maybe it was swampy. Mm-hmm. Well, you could get the government to buy it. It works It works in the other direction. This happened in my town. We had a piece of swampy land. These guys sold it. They decided they'd sell it to the town. They couldn't sell it elsewhere. Nobody would buy it. It was unbuildable. They sold it to the town for a new high school. It was only later that the people in the town realized, oh, this is unbuildable. This is a piece <laughs> of crap. So it works both ways. The, the builders realize, hey, rather than going through the private marketplace, we can get the town to take this and then we'll be in on the bidding process for the road. So a lot of cases that started off where you had private roadways being built, built throughout the you know 1700s, 1800s for uh, carriages and then later for cars in the early 1900s, uh, they were still private roads. That's how toll roads, the toll house uh, concept came about, toll house cookies. If you eat a toll house cookie, just think about private roads. So um, there isn't any need for the government to get involved in this process uh, in any way whatsoever, in my opinion. Uh, there is no need at all. Uh, when the government does get involved, you get these perverse incentives where um, either people who have bad property will try to sell it off to the government and they get friends in government to buy it, mm-hmm. or people who have the businesses that are for the paving or, it, you know, back in the old days, the stamping of the, uh, the stamping of the, of the ground and the cutting of the trees and all these types of things, the oiling of the dirt roads, those types of things. They'll get involved to get the government to take the property and then they'll try to work on getting the license to build. So I don't know if that sort of approaches some of what you were uh, trying to address. Just thinking about eminent domain and yeah. how necessary it is. Yeah, it's it's totally unnecessary, and I agree with Ian. It's it's immoral and unethical, and it it basically it undercuts the primacy of the individual to live his own life. Because sure. as well, Locke used to say, you have to have 
the ability to use your property. Your life is dependent on your ability to use property. Well, you might be right that Ian might be correct, but he's such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the whole concept of eminent domain is predicated on the premise of the government must control the roads. Yeah. Uh, and as Gardner says, that's just... It's just not correct. You know, the fact is, the marketplace, as we've seen in market segment after market segment, wonderfully responds to demand. People yeah. demand product or service. The marketplace provides it. I People should, in search I, of profit provide it. I should, yeah. There's yeah. a huge demand. To get from point A to point B. There really is. There's I, a huge absolutely, demand. Absolutely right. So I, I guess it's mention, really no different. That, because there's a huge demand for people to go to Walmart and buy things, and somehow Walmart manages to buy precisely. large enough pieces of land to put a big, giant super center and a big, giant parking lot, and in a lot of cases, enough room for other businesses to come in in the strip mall and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't you know could, they You could strip. say, for example, you could say, well, you know, it's so costly to get people to give up their land, we need government to do it. Uh, but, you know, maybe you're right, Guard, if there's an economic incentive, maybe. Well, if there's an economic incentive to, say, move pallets at Walmart, people will hire people to move pallets at Walmart. Sure. Uh, otherwise, how would it get done? How would they move the pallets? It's the right. same sort of thing. And I should mention, little plug for the book, because, you know, that information that DiLorenzo had in his book I have in, in uh, one of the pieces that I wrote trying to, to approach market societies and uh, sort of expanded on that a little bit. So if they look at Live for Your Diet, it's, it's all in there. But you're reading it anyway, Mark, so you'll you'll get there to the thing, and then you can ask me some more pointed questions. I've been reading the, uh, the fiction. I, you know, oh, good. I'm a libertarian already, yeah. so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured I'd throw the fiction in there just in case people didn't like, uh, you know, they got sick of the politics after a while. And by the way, Puke, if you're listening, thank you for the review on Amazon. Oh, yeah, you go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, pull up Gardner's book, Live Free or Die, and if you've read it, you can write a review on it. That's very good. In fact, even if you hadn't read it, some some pinhead, (laughs) it was great, some idiot wrote a review and he hadn't read the book and you can tell. This guy's a jerk. I hear him on the radio (laughs) every day. It was great. I don't need to read his book. Oh, it's funny as anything. I'm like, dude, thank you. You sold some books. In fact, somebody commented, like, you probably sold more books because of your dumb comment than, you know, anything else here. Thanks. (laughs) So, you know, what I find so amazing is when the, the, the roads issue comes up, from somebody who's new to the whole idea of liberty. Oh, we need government for the roads. Well, are you suggesting that without the government, people would just all of a sudden throw up their hands and say, oh, no. Guess we're not we, traveling. Now we yeah. can't go see our relatives and get to business meetings. and oh, Go to work. I can't sell my products anymore. I'm just going to have to sit uh, you around. Know, I think and, part of it comes from the idea that, the, that the other people will be held ransom somehow. By the people who justifiably own their property. Yeah. You see, well, there's the a neat weird thing about mentality is, there. Is they can curve. You yeah, don't have yeah, to go exactly. through the person's property yeah, if they precisely. don't want to. So you've got two costs, right? If you're yeah, going to build right. a road and you want to go one place and there's a piece of property in the middle, the cost of po- purchasing that property at whatever outrageous cost the, the property owner wants for it. Or building around Absolutely. the property. Which one is cheaper? Yep. Hmm. This isn't, I mean, this is not complicated stuff. Laying asphalt on the ground is not a complicated process. Well, I don't know. I saw some state workers, and they were taking hours on, like, a five-foot section of road today, and traffic was backed up eight hours. Are you sure it's not hard? (laughs) 800-259-9231. Hour three is coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com as we launch here into hour number three of the program. Uh, Let's continue the theme here that we started last hour, and that is yet more examples uh, in the endless parade of potential examples of government incompetence, government just spending billions of dollars and getting virtually no decent return on it, uh, they're just the inevitable failure of government programs. Government programs are bound to fail. They are bound to create the the opposite in many uh, examples, the opposite of its original intentions, the war on drugs. We've got more drugs in the streets, more drug addicts than ever, more drug problems, and it's not going to stop. Uh, you know, the war on immigration, immigration is not going to go away as a result of that. We're just going to get a police state. Uh, you know, the war on whatever. And, and, and this example isn't a war on anything. They don't even have to have a war to fail, you see. Every <laughs> government program fails. It never meets its original goals. And if it if they do actually succeed in getting done what they had intended to do, they've always done it far at a far greater cost than it would have been done in the marketplace, if it would have been done at all in the marketplace. And uh, not only is it always done at a far greater cost, but it's also just just inefficient, it's slow. There's nothing good you can say about these government programs. And when you actually delve into the details, when you actually look at some of the details, it's it's pretty amazing how bad they fail. And Mark, you've got yet another example for us. Yes, I do. New York City. Yep. New York City Transit has spent close to $1 billion to install more than 200 new elevators and escalators. Does it 200? cost a billion dollars to, <laughs> oh for 200 God. elevators and escalators? A billion. Wow. I mean, you'd think you'd get a, a, a deal on it um, if you... You know, put in bulk buy or oh something like this. God. No, but uh, wait, no, no, hold on. I just did How the division that here. That's, that's, that's five million dollars. No, that's five million, million, no, that's five million dollars per escalator. That's nuts. I can tell you that the malls of America that put in escalators are, are not, not spending paying five million, million dollars. <laughs> There's no way, even if it's super long escalators. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Anyhow, that, that's not even the, the most outrageous part. Um, on the subway system since the early 1990s. This is the and, New York Times, by the way. Since the early 90s. That means that those dollars were more back then. Mm. And it plans right. to spend uh, almost that much again for dozens <laughs> more machines. So that's $2 billion. Dozens more. Not, yeah. not 200 more, but dozens, dozens more. more <laughs> by oh, the end of the man. decade. It's an investment well, it's inflation. of historic dimensions aimed at better serving millions of riders and opening more of the subway to the disabled. Now, I, I wouldn't doubt for a second that, in fact, there are there are there are millions of riders every day on mm-hmm. um, these subways, but I, we can't sell them. We can't just sell them. They were private at one point, and then mm. the city bought them. But Mark, oh. if a private company bought the subway, they could charge whatever they wanted. Huh? So can the city. Oh yeah. But and they won't because they love us. They they're nice. But the city people they make everyone pay, not the riders. That's right. For their well, good because the, the riders, billion the riders. dollar well, uh, for their for the their... riders are poor. That's why they're riding the subway as opposed to taking a taxi or something like that. So they need those subsidies, Mark. Don't you care about the poor? Um, I I care yeah, a great deal about the poor. I can't believe you do a show. But with I wouldn't this rob guy, people Ian. to give them money. <laughs> You're crazy. You're just despicable. Look at you. These are the results. One of every six elevators and escalators in the subway system was out of service for more than one month last year. Nice. According to the transit uh, agency's own data. 
the 169 escalators in the subway averaged 68 breakdowns or repair calls each last year. Well, 68 the, each. But see, the thing is, you're not thinking about the big picture, Mark, which is we got to keep the repair guys, you know, busy. <laughs> yeah, but so. what about the millions of people riding the subway? Well, they're we have poor, to balance and they their, need to get to work, no, so they no, can earn money. It's government. We've got to balance the needs of those people with the needs of the workers. See, so I, I think what that's else? a pretty good deal. I think deal. it's ludicrous. Um, <laughs> some of the least reliable escalators in the system are also some of the newest, uh, accumulating <laughs> thousands of hours of out of service for what officials described as a litany of mechanical flaws. This is probably nice. less to do with the escalator companies, more to do with uh, union uh, installation in the mm. sense that you know on these jobs. Yeah, unions often, often uh, have the best guys at their, uh, you know, doing the jobs. But at the same time, they're not allowed to do the, their jobs. You've got to have the electrician, electrician guys got to do electrical stuff. The carpenters guys got to do the carpenter stuff. You, you know, if you, they, they can't cross over and then uh, certain jobs require two or three guys. Some guy sits there at the, the whole site, turns a switch at the end of the day. It's crazy. Mm. So it makes, it takes all the responsibility out of uh, the building of these things. Why? Two-thirds of the subway elevators, many of which travel uh, all of 15 feet, had at least <laughs> one breakdown. Wait, uh, elevators? Yeah. Okay, so like a one-story elevator. Two-thirds of the subway elevators, many of which only tra- um, travel 15 feet, had gotcha. at least one breakdown last year in which passengers were trapped inside. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> two-thirds. 66 Passengers trapped inside. Wow. Last year. Two-thirds. Tra- passengers trapped inside last year. And those These are New Yorkers. <laughs> right. Now, wait a minute. Now, okay. Let's... And on the subway, some of them don't smell so ah, good. I don't even now, want to it's think not about fa- it. Now, first of all, it's not, fair to, uh, it's not fair to say that, well, the subway system should have a perfect record. That I mean, this is no. mechanical stuff. Stuff's going to break. I mean, people going up and down, up and down all day long. Inevitably, stuff is going to break. But if you stay on top of maintenance... <laughs> then you shouldn't be having these kind of numbers. You should what, be able to detect the breakdowns coming, the parts wearing out. What kind of do you need for the, the, the two-thirds of the elevators breakdown trapping people? Yeah, maybe they should just privatize the whole city and turn it over to Disney. I think that would work. Oh, they'd get Disney it done. Seems to, yeah, it might actually look nice, not stink. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, elevators I don't imagine work. these elevators are too pretty either. You know, and if, <laughs> elevator, and if the subway does get too expensive, people will stop taking it. Mm-hmm. They'll take something else. If you get the government out of buses and allow as many buses, uh, taxis, yeah, oh, taxis, the allow all the yeah. jitney cabs, get the, get the government out of ta- taxis and get rid of those medallions. Let as many people who want travel in taxis. Yeah, let that's going to happen in New York. Those guys get three hundred or was it four hundred thousand dollars the last time we looked for a taxi medallion the, in New York for the City? License. Oh yeah, yeah. for one taxi. Four hundred thousand dollars costs a hundred thousand dollars to get a hot dog vending license in the city. Good God, there's that's nothing mad. nothing you can do in New York City. You're right about that. There's there's not the there there is no libertarian saving New York. Nope, it's done for yeah. the Empire State. Screw it. Yeah. If you're still there, get out while oh, you still can. That's a great story, man. Well, that's it's not you? over. Wait, no, it's not over. There's more. <laughs> this is a five-page story, and really, we're only going to focus on the first page of it. Right. So uh, we'll post. Uh, Mark, you'll post the link over at BBS. Transit officials concede that the machine's performance has often been poor, but they say they're finally moving to fix what's wrong. There's a lot of problems, says Howard H. Roberts Jr., president of the New York City it. Transit. We've laid the problems out, and we're addressing them one by one. <laughs> we are making progress. This is since 1990. 
since I think, 1990. Well, can you have another platitude in there? Can we have we're moving forward or <laughs> we have so a committee? Stupid. Or? People believe this crap. We're addressing them one at a time. We're making progress, I think, across a wide variety of fronts. Great. Uh, I love I love government doublespeak. And I'm glad you yep. brought that up. The idea that, uh, and not just doublespeak, but like obscure speak as well, <laughs> where they say a lot, but they don't actually say anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Like uh, that we're going to form a committee on moving forward and they will decide on the steps that will need to be begin to take to start looking at the issue of moving forward. Right. Listen, that kind of crap. We have laid the problems out. We're addressing them one by one. We're making progress, and I think across a wide variety of fronts. Hey, can you, you know, Mark, Mark you know, if people are watching it on the, on the cam, can you do one of those, like, instead of pointing of the finger, can you do one of those, like, finger click things that the politicians are taught to do? They're taught not to point. They're supposed to be like, really? I've got my thumb hitting my forefinger, and it's supposed to I mean, didn't know that one. Oh, they do it. I, I noticed Dukakis Marcus did it first. That's when I first noticed it. But I think uh, JFK used to do it, too. And they all do it. It's like they're told by these idiot PR people, like, don't <laughs> use your forefinger to point because it, it's, it's it's uh, I don't know what it is. It, it means it's you're confrontational. I don't know. It's so stupid. So good job, Mark. We poses the politicians. Well done. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, read the obscure speak again. I love it. Give it, me one more. One more hit. Fun. Okay. It's we, funny because we don't live in New York. At least we, it's not as bad out here in New Hampshire. We've laid out the problems. We're addressing them one by one, and we're making progress. I think across, across a wide variety of fronts. <laughs> the only other things we're he's missing are... We're making progress on laying them out, right? <laughs> That's the idea. No, they've laid them out. Oh, okay. We know what the problems are now. Can he say we're he partnering? Doesn't, he doesn't name them. I want, I want him to hear him use partnering, and I want to hear him use the word wellness. Mm. Please. 800-259. Out of the box. Out of the paradigm. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. There is more to this story. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to share that with you on the way. And uh, take your calls about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with and you. And And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com. And those features include the wiki. Get interactive with over uh, 1,700 posts. There's a lot of stuff on there. It's like the listener editable version of our website. You go to wiki.freetalklive.com. And it's free, of course. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL to save 10 bucks off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. We continue with the, as expected, inevitable, governmental failures. Uh, this particular ex- set of examples is from New York City, where they've spent over a billion taxpayer dollars on installing apparently just 200, 200 uh, escalators and elevators. Yeah, $5 million in, elevators. Where yeah. do they get these things? What in, are they made of? Gold? And the breakdowns. I mean, you've gone through the numbers here, Mark. The breakdowns, two thirds of it's the elevators. It's amazing how uh, how much how often their uh, elevators and escalators are breaking down. Two thirds. Right. Two thirds of the elevators broke down with people inside. With uh, you know, where they had uh, a rescue situation. In one year. Yeah, in one year's time. And there's more. There were no, more numbers. If you missed them, uh, listen to the archive. But Mark, there's even more to the story, isn't there? The cost of this all goes beyond the hefty capital investment and the roughly twenty-five million dollars spent each year on maintenance and repair. 
It can be calculated in terms of people delayed on their way to work, people injured in accidents, people forced to alter their travel routes. And for the disabled, it means many areas of the subway system still cannot be reliably navigated. The New York Times spent months examining the system. The money spent on it and the oversight by management conducting dozens of interviews, reviewing thousands of pages of documents. And this is one of the things that governments rely on, is just the inordinate you won't amount the time. of paper that they generate. Yeah, and that, so that you, you won't can, look through it. So that you can't look through it. And and it's it's almost, they make it difficult to read. The facts that you'd want aren't sure. displayed in a yeah. way that you can find them um, easily. Oh, yeah, I, I tried to get the City of Keene's budget. And and look through it, and I got in a couple pages, and I was like, uh, <laughs> what was the line from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when uh, Mr. Prosser is there to tear down Arthur Dent's house at the very beginning of the book? And he says, the paperwork has been, all been on file at the at your local such-and-such office. And Arthur Dent says, oh, yes, after you go down into the cellar past a dripping toilet and a, and a closet that says, beware of the leopard. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was, if all you had to do was look at it, it's like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, what are you going to say? The, the thorough analysis of more than 10 years of records not previously released by the transit agency, reporters were able to track uh, breakdowns, repair calls, and maintenance for every escalator and elevator in the system. Hmm. What emerged was a portra- portrait of startling shortcomings. <laughs> more than two, not to us. <laughs> more than 200 mechanics who maintain and repair the subway's elevators. They have a crew of 200 mechanics. Okay. They can't... Keep. At least one for every escalator they built. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> the more than 200 mechanics who maintain and repair the subways, elevators, and escalators receive as little as four weeks of training, a fraction of what they would receive in other transit systems or um, private industry. The transit officials concede that the system is so inefficient that many elevator and escalator mechanics spend barely half of their shifts actually working on troubled machines. <laughs> what else do they do? <laughs> Sit around? I, I don't know. Maybe they're, they're stuck in elevators? Um <laughs> Managers uh, often rush bulky elevators and escalators back into service. Bulk, bulk, like it's not working, not bulky, without identifying the underlying cause of mechanical problems, leading to more breakdowns. Many problems occur because of basic design flaws or mistakes made during the construction of the machines when contractors worked with little or no oversight. Those conditions left many of the machines virtually broken from the onset. Mm. And uh, the contractors having to replace or repair any of these things? No. They don't have enough competent people with the uh, proper training, said Michelle O'Toole, president of the J. Martin Associates, which transit agency hired in 2006 to evaluate the elevator operations. <laughs> wonder how much they paid for that. Wow. It all reflects back to qualifications, training, and capabilities. It also uh, goes back to how much they're spending on these things. <laughs> transit officials say that... Uh, the subway presents unique challenges. Elevators and escalators are spread out over far-flung systems, requiring more mechanics and slower responses to breakdowns. They're all over the place, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> they have subways going to them. If they yeah, only had them all lined up next to each other, it would be a lot better. <laughs> but wait a minute. But wait a minute. Wait. That's such a lousy excuse, because if you go over to a, a place like a Vegas or even the rest of oh, New York, point. where there are buildings everywhere, and in every building there are multiple elevators going up and down all day long, the, all of those companies manage to... Get the job done and keep their escalators and elevators running 24 hours a day with the occasional (laughs) shutdown for a maintenance check. Replace a few parts and get them back up and running. You don't hear about these problems happening at, uh, you know, the the hotels in Vegas. You don't hear about these problems happening at uh, the Skyrise in your town. It's just the government people. 
oh, they're so far apart. What do we do? Well, there's one engineer over here and 199 over there, and oh, the one's stuck and in the elevator. And they get lonely. Yeah. We, I, many elevator companies travel across sta- the whole state. The Miami Elevator Company in Florida yeah. handles the whole state. Somehow they can figure out how to get a guy with the right tools to all these different types of elevators uh, to repair them. And there's different kinds. Some of them have little pulleys on top, and some of them have uh, these hydraulic lifts on the bottom. It's always excuses, though, with the government people, and it's always there's always some Co- excuse. Because government doesn't breed competence. And then there's always a plan, right? Oh, we're, we're, we've, we're on this. Oh, yeah. We're working on this. We've got, we're going to bring some new people in, and uh, we're going to restructure the organization. Don't worry. We're going to hire some new bureaucrats. and. And expand our budget, because you said they're going to spend another billion dollars repairing these and building a few new ones as well, right? Or they're going to repair right. like 12 of them I wish they'd just say, well, screw you people. It's not like you can do anything else anyway. You've got to pay for it. <laughs> Let's yeah, be why bother making excuses? That'd be perfect. That's what, that's what one of the New York, uh, one of the New York toll booth operators basically said to us when we were driving up to New Hampshire and going. We had a you know 26 foot Penske truck full of stuff. Driving up through New Hampshire, so we're paying quite a bit at the tolls as a result of that. And you know, one of the tolls was like nineteen bucks, and the guy the guy looked at us, and I'm paraphrasing here, and he said, "It's like highway robbery, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah, I, I ran into a guy. That's exactly what it's a it lot is. like that. I'm coming back from New Jersey. I was visiting my girlfriend I'm in the middle of the winter, and it was really cold. And I was driving back, and uh, I was at the Mass Pike turning off there, and it was like three in the morning, and it was really frigid. And I said to the guy, "I was like, boy, man, you must be feeling cold." He goes, "No problem." I was like, "What?" He goes. I'm not feeling cold with what I'm getting paid here. <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's funny. Wow. And you're paying for Thank it. Thank you so sucker. much, dude. Yeah, and you know what's great is you talk about those jobs. Uh, the, the, those guys don't measure the job on uh, getting it done and being successful. When these people get the job is how long will it last? How long is the contract for? Mm. We're going to keep this going. And it's incredible. They keep going. I, I swear. I really think that the only time that there is a differential in like you know time and space is when you look at a public works project. They operate on a totally different time plane. Sure. You go by and it's Bistro like man. everything's slow. And they're inside like, hey, dude, everything's normal here. That's definitely, you're walking in a bubble. Yep. yep. It, 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 they've got no, in, they, they, they're only incentivized to take longer and to do a crappier job. Because you can see here on these escalators, the contractors that put them in, if you put this in in my business, your <laughs> butt would be back here fixing it. I would be screaming. I would, yeah. be, I would be down there. I'd be picketing. I've you know, I, I got a $5 million elevator that goes 35 feet, and you can't make it work? <laughs> More <laughs> coming up. 800 259 9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line. Moo is on the line in Wisconsin. We'll find out what he has to say and talk to you about whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Garn. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We're going to do phone calls. You bring up anything. Moo in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Moo. Hey, guys. I wanted to talk about this FLDS thing for a second. The Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, They, uh, for those that, are, that do not know, about a month ago they raided one of their compounds in Texas and stole over 400 children 
from their home and their families. Go ahead with your thoughts. Right. Uh, you said that happened a month ago. I believe you guys also reported that uh, what, st- what spurred off that raid was the, uh, the anonymous phone call from out of state or something like that, right? Yes, an anonymous phone call which allegedly ha- was placed by uh, some prankster, a, a, a hoaxer. Uh, it wasn't oh. even the 16-year-old girl that the, the caller claimed to be. They were never able to find the, le- the legitimate caller, and they have suspicions that it was someone else. Well, uh, can I lay a conspiracy theory on you guys? Yeah, go for who it. Who I think made that call? Sure, go well, for it. I was just sitting here watching Larry King, and uh, he was interviewing this lady. I think her name was Carolyn Jessup. And Wasn't she the suspect? No, she was the uh, one with whom the suspect was speaking at the Women's Abuse Center. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, just, and, she's, and she's sitting there on Larry King, and she's, after a while she uh, started plugging her book about how she escaped from that whole entire cult, and she was, like, forced to marry at, into marriage at 13 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is it just out, or has it been around for a while? You know what? I really wasn't sure. I was looking at it on Amazon, but I couldn't figure out uh, when it was uh, put out. But uh, you, maybe she just was in a tight spot economically. Hey, let's stir some controversy. Well, I mean, what better would to uh, sell books? I, I don't know whether it's so. Um, well, and they, she they speculated seem, that they she... seem to find this other woman who I doubt would have uh, thrown herself under the bus to uh, you know to sell Ms. Jessup's book. But I can see why Ms. Jessup would would have been incentivized to uh, to push the issue a lot a lot farther. Right. Oh, they, yeah. they already have a suspect uh, as far as who the caller was, and I, I forget what her name was, but she lived it was in, something Spanish. She lived in Colorado or something like that, and I I thought it was a black lady, but whatever. It, she's black, oh, but okay. the name's Spanish. Gotcha. And uh, she's she'd been known to make these calls in the past. She has a history of making these phone calls, and in fact, her phone number, I guess, was tied in somehow to uh, to that particular facility that was called, as I recall. So, pro- odds are your conspiracy theory is probably going to fall flat, but nonetheless, oh, interesting yeah, speculation. Any other I just thoughts? Share that with you. Uh, yeah, one more thing before I leave. Beautiful. California ain't got sheep. Thank Boom. you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I don't know what he has against California. Uh-huh. Anyway, SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can bring up anything. Here's some more news for you. And it's not good. Though a lot of people probably would think it would be good on its face. The Supreme Court upheld criminal penalties Monday for promoting child pornography. Yay! Yay, that We're sounds good, right? The, the big bad child porn purveyors. Yay! Okay, wait, let's look a little further and see what this means. The court, in a 7-2 to two decision, brushed aside concerns that the law could apply to mainstream movies that de- uh, depict adolescent sex, classic literature, or innocent emails that describe pictures of grandchildren. The ruling upheld part of a 2003 law that also prohibits possession of child porn. It replaced an earlier law against child pornography that the court struck down as unconstitutional. The law sets a five-year mandatory prison term for promoting or pandering child porn. It does not require that someone actually possess the child pornography. Huh. What exactly does that mean? If you don't possess the child porn but are promoting it or pandering child porn... Wait a minute. What are they talking about? Does that mean that if we were to say something like on the air like, Hey... All you 15-year-old kids, you should take pictures of your 15-year-old boyfriends or girlfriends and keep them for yourself. Would that be promoting child pornography? Sounds like it. Because by their laws, that is child pornography, even though they're clearly not children. They're teenagers, but the law doesn't care about uh, about all that. The law sets, again, a five-year mandatory prison term for that. And opponents have said that, therefore, uh, could mean the law might apply to movies like Traffic or Titanic that depict adolescent sex. 
Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. But Justice Antonin Scalia, in his opinion uh, for the court, says the law doesn't cover movie sex. There's no possibility, he says, <laughs> that virtual child pornography or sex between youthful-looking adult actors might be covered by the term simulated sexual intercourse. Likewise, he said, First Amendment protections do not apply to offers to provide or requests to obtain child pornography. And by the way, uh, just one point there. I I did I wrote about this for uh, an organization. They hired me to write about the Children's Internet Protection Act, the CIPPA, mm-hmm. and then the there's another one. There's a variant of it, and they're both being they were both being questioned in that in that case. Uh, they they were struck down, as you said before, so the Congress rewrote them. They were originally brought up under John Ashcroft, and this person is this hardcore Christian person. She didn't like the articles that I wrote. Uh, she paid me for them, but she didn't use them uh, because I was saying this isn't the place of the federal government to get involved in this. <laughs> and uh, it was fascinating because that virtual pornography thing. Oh, it the, mentions that in a moment here. Yeah. yeah, the key here is on that one, and I, I don't know where you're going to go, so I don't want to jump the gun in, but uh, the key there is uh, supposedly child porn is you have a victim. And with virtual child porn, no there is no victim. It's a thought crime. Yeah, it's like a drawing. You know, what happens if you draw a naked little girl in the sand you know um there are is pictures that child on, porn there are pictures online uh remember mark when we came across the 4chan phenomenon yeah there's this phenomenon this internet uh phenomenon called 4chan websites and they're different there's like 7chan there's 4chan i don't, 4chan, don't know there's what 4, the hell it means there's 420chan charlie what, chan what they are are that they are um anonymous message boards essentially anonymous they're not even really message boards they're like anonymous posting places where people go usually very young people probably young adults or uh young adolescent males are probably the super majority of the users and they go and they post all kinds of all kinds of stuff uh, there's, you know, there's certainly pornography in there. There's uh, video game stuff. There's, I mean, it's just all over the map. Mm-hmm. And there are sections where they have this hentai. Um, I think they call it loli porn, which is pictures like Japanese anime style pictures of young girls doing pornographic things. So completely fabricated, total uh, fantasy photos. They're all over the place. I mean, you're talking about uh, there's a significant percentage of of people out there that are participating in this and you know a lot of people are going to be disturbed by it and many right. of the pictures are right. very disturbing there's some right. very awful things going on sure. uh in in these photos and they're talking about criminalizing it not only are they talking about criminalizing that but they're talking about criminalizing asking for ch- or for child pornography so what they what uh, the judge says here Scalia says the First Amendment protections do not apply to offers to provide or requests to obtain child pornography. Therefore, if you were to go online tonight into a chat room and ask for some child porn, or in, maybe in this case even the virtual stuff, maybe one of these pictures of the, the hentai porn, if you were to go in there and do that and some federal agent was in there running a, a sting operation, they get your chat logs, you 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 violated the anti-child porn log, even though you don't actually, even though you didn't actually get the child porn. It's like the guy that pulls over to the side of the road and you know the, the whore, uh, somebody he thinks is a whore gets in his car and then he sets a price and asks for sex. They don't ever actually get to the sex. It's just the the asking for it that uh, that is the crime. And that's where you know that's where at least this particular portion of that that law is going. Which makes me wonder if all it takes is a chat log to convict somebody of this crime. Then how hard would how hard would it um, be for them to get your screen name, Mark, and just manufacture a chat log? Say, well, 
Here, oh, it, yeah, here it is. Mark point. Edge on uh, Friday night wrote this to us Here's over the, the internet. Proof. Yeah, see? Well, it, you know, and and Russell Canning, uh, with whom I've uh, worked a great deal in the last couple of months, and super activist here in New Hampshire. Yeah, awesome. I mean, yeah. like, if you listen to uh, perhaps some of the things that people say about him, you'd think that the guy's mad. You'd think he's completely out of his mind. But when, you, when I talk to him, you've never met a more humble uh, Christian man in your life. Mm. But he said... He said, and matter of factly, like he just understands. Look, when they take me away, if if the federal government comes after me and they want to put me away, if they really want to do that, it's going to be child porn. Because then who will be his friend anymore, right? Right. Because it's so easy to convict somebody on, and it's so difficult. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not whether they can prove it or not. It's the seriousness of the charge. And Ian, you and I, if they decide to take us away, they're not going to shoot us from some rooftop. They're going to stuff child porn in our computers. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, which is why I go back to, you know, whenever somebody asks, well, why don't you, why do you say on the air that you don't pay taxes? Like, look, if they want to come and get me, they could come and get me for whatever they wanted to get me for. And wh- Terrorism, child porn, whatever. Why wouldn't I let them search my car if I've got nothing to hide? More coming That's up. That's why. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. It's Ian here with you. Ian Gard. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. Also, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com and buy all the stuff you need through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage. Finally, you can, uh, sh- you can purchase our banner advertisement on our website. The second banner on the site is available for auction right now at auction.freetalklive.com. Com. You can advertise virtually anything that you want on our website and get it for an entire month if you're the winner of the auction. Auction.freetalklive.com. Now, why can't we auction off the first banner? Well, it's because SACL CAI owns the first yes. banner on the Free Talk Live website, and uh, this program is brought to you by SACL CAI. In fact, if you've got collections that you need to get done and you want to get a company that's going to do it right you want to talk to SACL CAI, but that's, uh, we're not going to tell you anything about SACL tonight beyond the fact that they've got something going on at Porkfest. According to this, get your limited supply Porkfest beer mug and drink responsibly with Jason Osborne from awesome. CAI. Oh, yeah. Featuring select microbrews from New Hampshire, margaritas, guest celebrity bartenders, including Julia and myself. And Mark, myself. you're going to be involved. And Gardner. I just uh, got the invite from Jason. Thank you, Jason. He's and, putting us all to work. And uh, <laughs> prize drawings and more. So it's really going to be a hell of a time. It's only at Porkfest. Right. You can get the mug by being one of the, uh, you know, it's first come, first serve. I, I thought he was yeah. charging for the mugs. Is he not going to do that? I don't know. I, 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 it's still first come, first serve. Well, that, yeah, first come, that's first true. serve doesn't not mean uh, necessarily free but limited um, supply yeah and uh, you know they they have that at the fun tent the fun tent they're referring is that to what it's going to be called tent, the other the sacral oh, yeah, cai fun tent <laughs> so yeah looking forward to that and uh, none of your to- humdrum tent <laughs> exactly. All right. 800-259-9231. Talking about the, uh, again, the child porn issue because it's such a critical issue. The reason why is because 
no one likes child pornography beyond a very, very small percentage of the population. Right. And, and so because they, of what it draws up in people's mind. Sure. What they define as child porn is something entirely different than what you know, it, it right. is. Child in, porn, by the, we think about. by the statutes, is not necessarily what you're thinking. Uh, child porn can right. include you teenagers. Of, that, you think of a little, little, little boy or little girl all tied up, you know, being uh, forced, being touched or forced being forced sex, to touch yeah. themselves. Well, you know, something like that. You know, uh, some, some child getting done. Uh, with a uh, you know two and a half powered Briggs and Stratton strap on gas powered uh, you know gas powered strap on. No, it's nothing like this most of the time. Most of the time, it's some girl that they say is in fact underage, and nobody can prove it because she's a girl from the internets, and they just don't know. Yeah, but she looks young, it, or it's uh, pictures of some uh, of of you know child porn or something like that. Some girl in a, a Catholic uh, girl outfit or something like that what they call child porn and what we think of as child porn is two entirely different things but all they have to do is label someone a child pornographer or a purveyor of child porn and all of a sudden you it's know he's a, system he be, of charge well he becomes a pariah as far as I mean, you to lose your job you'll lose your friends simply because you were accused of this particular crime so not only is it serious from uh, from that viewpoint in that we really need to pay attention to what they're doing because people are having their lives ruined over this secondly it's also so serious because it's going to be the foot in the door for government regulation of the internet. Yeah. The government people are saying it already and they're going to continue saying it ever louder and ever more. They're going to say, well, you know this whole internet thing, it worked for a little while, we liked the freedom, and we really liked the freedom on the internet, but mm. now it's being abused. Now it's being abused for things like piracy and things like child pornography and terrorism, and it's being abused, and we cannot allow this to happen anymore. You know, those people in China, they had a good idea when they decided to crack down. We need to do the same thing here in America because right. we have to protect the children. They won't mention the piracy, but the piracy will be, in fact, the reason. You know, they're, they're concerned that people are, A, talking too much and talking bad about the government, and they don't like that. And yeah, B, so's dissent. The, the, mm. Uh, mm. the MPAA, who they're just they, they've got lobbyists do you have any lobbyists listeners do you have a lobbyist uh, well the mpaa has lots of them That's the ria sure. does yeah so pay close attention to these issues not because you need to be concerned because you're a purveyor but because these are going to be the excuses they use to control the internet if you like the internet and you like the freedom that it has you really need to be watching those groups that are on the fringes the child porn purveyors the extreme pornography you, we've seen stories about the federal government going after adult porn they've gone after and there was a recent story about it. i think i've got it in my show prep file we'll probably get to it one of these days but they they go after the uh the extreme adult pornography which involve you know violence or involve sadistic kind of weird stuff weird fetishes they not go against after the law right well it's not not at all and it's consenting adults that are participating in it but they go after it and they're actors by the way correct and th but they go after it because no one not even in the porn industry is willing to stand up for these people nobody who's nobody who's doing mainstream porn is going to stick their neck out on the line and try to defend the guy that's doing the sadistic porn it's just it's just not happening so the government's able to just plink plink pick these guys yeah, off is, from the periphery this is particularly vexing because as you said you don't have to have had in your possession anything bad 
anything, oh, now you can just anything ask for that's it. criminal. Right. Now you, it's if criminal if you just if ask If you're for asking it. for it, in this case, they said that the, this guy, Michael Williams, was arrested by an undercover uh, operator, a Secret Service agent, engaged this guy in Internet chat rooms where they swapped non-pornographic photographs. Williams advertised himself as a, quote, dad of a toddler who has good pics of her and me for swap of your toddler pics or live cam. Um, so what are you supposed to do there? You're going to arrest the guy well, you know, for what happens well, if you get offering that? something? Okay, you want to see pictures of my kid? Sure. Well, he did apparently have some pictures. If and he, he does, send that's them. different. But, the, but, but, that, but this is the thing, though. If I got that, if if this if what Gardner says is so, the way it, the way it went down is, well, I just had a baby. Sure, you want to see pictures of my baby? I'll show you pictures of my. I'll look but at your pictures of your baby. Sure, they're even great. If he, Babies if, are great. But even if he was offering it didn't say porn, it, even if he was offering, well, that's true. That's true. Good picture. <laughs> that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point, Mark. Um, even if he said, "I've got naked pics of my baby" or whatever, blah blah blah, I'll give them to you. Uh, until they have an exchange, I don't understand how the law is. Well, it says involved. here they did have an exchange. It says in the story that they did have an exchange. Okay, all right, all right, okay. Okay, I got you, gotcha, gotcha. but, but even so, I, I understand that it's disgusting and despicable, but it's not criminal in that there is no victim. For This guy right. has po- photos of naked kids doing whatever. There's no victim that he, in him having photos. If he victimized children... If he was the one that took the photos and forced children into doing things that they didn't want to do, you've got victims there. Yeah, but in this case, in this case, they say, and the only point I wanted to make, is just I'll address your point, is in this case, he's trafficking uh, products that are that depict a criminal act, and someone is so? profiting from the criminal act. So someone can say that maybe they're profiting, his, maybe they aren't. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. That's right. But I, I wanted to mention the Supreme can I, Court. Can I not ruling. take video of someone committing a crime and? No, that's a good point. That? That's a good point. The Supreme Court ruling pertains to even offering these things without even having them. You know, ju- Justice Souter says right. you don't even, even have to have these things. That's right. The, only the Williams point case isn't as interesting yeah. as the what the Supreme Court has decided. In the seven-two decision, uh, there's more to say about it. According to Justice Souter and Ginsburg, the two dissenters, Souter said promotion of images that are not real children engaging in pornography could still be the basis for prosecution under the law. Possession of those images, he says, may not be prosecuted. Now, may not doesn't mean anything to me. They, yeah. they can absolutely prosecute these people if, if all they're saying is, well, we may not prosecute these. And he's saying that uh, if, if you've got the, the fantasy porn, the drawings, the 3D representations, there are 3D modeling programs that people use to make representations of underage sex that don't obviously involve real people. He's saying that promoting that could be prosecuted. Under this particular law, according to Souter, he says, I believe that maintaining First Amendment protection of expression we have previously held to cover fake pornography, fake child pornography requires a limit to the law's criminalization of pandering proposals. But the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals struck down the provision. They said it makes a crime out of merely talking about illegal images or possessing innocent materials that someone else might believe is pornography. In the appeals court view, the law could apply to an email sent by a grandparent entitled Good Pics of Kids in Bed, showing grandchildren dressed in pajamas. And indeed it could. And indeed we've seen cases of uh, naked children in bathtubs being considered Considered porn. True. Uh, so I people mean, put in jail for this. Their kids taken away for this. 
it's really just uh, just absolutely crazy where where this is going. So it's going to the point where you can't even talk about this. You can't have uh, fantasy images. You can't have anything that even might even suggest children combined with sexuality. And it's very disturbing. This is thought crime in America, and it's it's going to be a foot in the door to regulate your freedom of speech on the internet. Just watch it happen. It's already happening now, and it's going to get worse. It has been Ian here with you. Ian Gar and Mark. 800-259-9231. That is the uh, SACL CAI toll-free line. But we're done for tonight. We'll catch you tomorrow. And you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.